Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's holy word. Welcome to Dwell in the Word. Today is Friday. It is February 17th. Today we are finishing up Isaiah chapter 48. But first, it's Friday, so we have a little piercing heaven. Let us pray. Blessed God, I flee to your almighty power. You see me surrounded with difficulties and dangers and stretch out your omnipotent arm to save me. Today, I put myself under your protection. Let me make the shadow of your wings my refuge. Let your grace be sufficient for me and your strength be made perfect in my weakness. I dare not say I will never forsake you. I will never deny you. But I hope can truly say, Lord, I resolve not to do it. I would rather die than offend you. Root out the corruption from my heart. In an hour of pressing temptation, it might sway me to view things in a different light, and so might betray me into the hands of the enemy. Strengthen my faith, Lord, and encourage my hope. Inspire me to opposing everything that blocks my way to heaven, and let me set my face against all the assaults of earth and hell. If sinners entice me, let me say no. If they insult me, let me ignore it. If they threaten me, let me not fear. Give me instead a holy and ardent, yet prudent and well-governed zeal to see others convicted and turn to you. Let me never be ashamed to plead your cause against those who oppose the faith. As the psalmist says, make me to hear joy and gladness, then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners will be converted to you. My fears continue, Lord, but there is no one to blame but myself. I join you in blaming me for my folly. Keep me, O Lord, now and always, whatever age or place in life I attain. Never let me think I am strong enough to maintain the combat without you. And even in my young faith, never let me imagine myself so weak that you cannot support me. Wherever you lead me, let me follow. Wherever you take me in life, let me work there faithfully. Let me fight the holy war against the enemies of my salvation, and let me fall fighting rather than abandon my post. You are my glorious Redeemer, pioneer of my salvation, the great author and finisher of my faith. When I am in danger of denying you, as Peter did, look on me with your majesty and tenderness. Keep me from falling, or quickly lift me back up to God and my duty again. Show me how to learn from my missteps and to humble myself in even greater diligence and caution. Amen. All right, we are finishing up Isaiah 48, as I mentioned. And so that has us reading from verse 12 through verse 22. Hear the word of the Lord. Listen to me, O Jacob, and Israel, whom I called. I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. Assemble all of you and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall perform his purpose on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken and called him. I have brought him, and he will prosper in his way. Draw near to me. Hear this. From the beginning I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. And now the Lord God has sent me in his spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your offspring would have been like the sand and your descendants like its grains. Their name would never be cut off or destroyed from before me. 
Go out from Babylon, flee from Chaldea. Declare this with a shout of joy, proclaim it. Send it out to the end of the earth, say, The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made water flow for them from the rock. He split the rock and the water gushed out. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Here we see the continuing of what we saw in the first half of Isaiah 48. God continuing to call his people back to himself. And we see here once again that he calls them by name. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called. He is saying, you know, look, I have made you my people. I am the one who created you, not just created them as far as gave them life and being, but he made them a people. He called them out and set them apart for his glory, for his service. They are the ones who are going forward with his name upon them. And notice that he once again identifies himself. He says, I am he, I am the first and I am the last. In other words, I am your God. I am your creator. I am not like the gods of your pagan neighbors. I was before everything and I will be after everything. Essentially, this idea that I've also been drawing out as I've been preaching through the Ten Commandments, this is the idea once again of the the distinction between the creator and the creation, that that God is other. He is the one who creates from outside of them. Uh, The people are not rising up from amongst the creation. They're not coming out of it. Everything isn't one. No, God is separated. God is distinct. He is holy. He is other. And now he is calling his people and creating something out of them. He is setting them apart to be holy and to be other. And so we see this idea of this God who is, this God who has always been this God who creates this people. And now we see that God is speaking to them once again. And there are very clear instructions here, very clear words for them. Verse 17, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Again, notice he identifies himself by name. He is the Lord. He is Yahweh. Not only that, he is the Redeemer. He is their Redeemer. He is the one who has bought them. Then we also have this idea that he is the holy one. He is the set-apart one of Israel, of his people. He says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Now, we see that word profit and we might get a prosperity gospel vibe, right? Like this idea, well, God tells you that you should profit, that you should make money. Well, that's not the idea here. The idea of profiting is not financial success. The idea of profit is benefit. And we see this in the fact that he says, who leads you in the way you should go, that that you should avoid the snares of going off of his path, that you profit from following God's law, that you are benefited by listening. And notice the example that's given, oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments, right? That if you would have done what I said, everything would have been fine. And then what do we have? He says, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. You would have had peace. There would have not been this war against those who have come in to judge. There would have been peace. And then what else? Your righteousness would have been like the waves of the sea. They would have been ever flowing. They would have been from end to end and and continual. They would have had righteousness that would have been seen by the nations. And then we see God calling back in verse 19, on some very familiar language. Your offspring would have been like the sand, your descendants like its grains. Calling back to that Abrahamic promise, this idea of of the people spreading. Now, God 
keeps that promise, right? He is not calling back on it. He's not saying that, hey, this is something that that I'm no longer going to do in you. He's saying you would have continued, you would have gone down this path that things would have uh, transpired differently if you just would have stayed on this. Uh, you would not have had these problems. You would not have had all the people taken into exile and so many people would have died and, and been uh, gotten rid of. This would have been a much more peaceful arrangement. And so now God is calling his people out from Babylon and out from Chaldea, right? And he's telling them to go back to the land. And what does he do? Just like he, uh, Isaiah, through the word of the Lord here that came through Isaiah, calls back on the Abrahamic promise, we're getting this, this shout of joy, this maybe this song that they are to sing as they go back. And it calls back on what God did to save his people. The last part of verse 20 and all of verse 21, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made water flow for them from the rock. He split the rock and the water gushed out. In other words, God brought them back. He provided for those people back then, and he is going to bring us back. As we go, we sing for joy that God has kept this promise to his people in the past, and we trust that he is going to keep this promise now. And then there's a final word here in verse 22, isn't there? There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. In other words, listen to me. Do what I say. Follow me. Do what I have commanded. Because when you stray from this, there is no peace for you. And this is an excellent reminder for us as we desire to be a people at peace with God, right? We know we have peace with God because we have been saved. We have been redeemed. We have been given the perfect righteousness of Christ. But we also know that there are times where we have no peace because we are struggling in our rebellion against God. And so what we are called to do is to do the same thing that the people of God were called here. As we return to God, may we shout out with joy. May we sing songs and psalms of things that God has done to redeem us. May we remember the story of how he has saved us. And may that call us to a life of holiness, that we might feel that peace that God has granted us in Christ. Let's close up with prayer. Gracious Lord, we praise you for you are our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. You lead us in the way that we should go. Bless us with hearts that pay attention to your commandments, that we might have peace like a river and that our righteousness might be like the waves of the sea. May we listen to you, for you have called us, and we know that you are the God who speaks. You are the first and you are the last, and you alone are worthy of our praise. And today we ask for your work to continue in our lives. We trust that by your word and your Holy Spirit, you will be at work in us. May your law convict us of our sin and drive us to repent of our sins in sorrow for how we have offended your holiness. But we also humbly ask, that the Spirit would comfort us with the sure promise of the gospel, that we might find great joy in the forgiveness that you have given us in our salvation. All this we pray with the end goal that we would be sanctified, made holy, and continually conformed to the image of Christ. Give us a desire to seek that which is good, right, and holy, that we might bring glory to your most righteous name. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
All right, that has us through Isaiah chapter 48. We'll pick up with Isaiah 49 next week. Have a good weekend. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org. Dwell in the Word episodes are available each week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel. 